Hey dorks, just a quick message reminding you to head over to twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast and give us a follow. We live stream when we record our new podcast episodes and we're live streaming video game sessions on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. We're playing super rad stuff like Among Us, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, Jackbox Games, and Tabletop Simulator. Come hang out and play along with us. That's twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. Mind Gap Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. And I'm Noah. Wait, what? Hi. It's Noah. Where's Justin? Are you asking? Where is he? I mean, no, he's... we don't talk about it. <laughs> no. Yeah, we don't. We don't. We don't talk about him anymore because he's gone for this episode. No, Justin's out and about taking a well-earned vacation, and instead of doubling up on episodes in a week or uh, maybe even missing one, we were like, what if we got a guest host? And uh, Noah was kind enough to sacrifice himself to the podcast Elder Gods and uh, has joined us for this week's episode. So Noah, welcome and thank you for being here, man. Welcome and thank you for being here. <laughs> Slotty says there's a puzzle basement somewhere where he's locked in. Maybe. He's got to figure, he's got to basically Sudoku his way out of it and Justin's bad at math. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and ignore his Instagram because that's all deep state propaganda. You're absolutely right. Yes, mostly. Mostly. That's what he did. That's what he uh he they, dabbles they in. Call, they call Chicago the deep state of the Midwest. <laughs> that is true. It's the deep dish deep state of the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> Go so, down to the South for some deep dish propaganda. <laughs> Speaking of like pizza, real quick, have you ever had St. Louis style pizza? Like I've heard no. of it, but I don't know what it is. No. No? I'm going to look it up is real quick. Is that where they only put the sauce on the left? <laughs> Lewis style pizza. I've heard a lot of people bash it, but I don't know what it is. Uh, it's Slotty a dis hates it. distinct type of pizza popular in the Midwest city. Of oh, cool. Thank you for telling me. It, it makes sense that it's St. Louis style and it's popular in the Midwest because it's from fucking St. Louis. The crust is made without yeast uh, as opposed to deep dish Chicago style or thin but love a New York style pizza yielding a somewhat crisp and cracker like crust that cannot be easily folded. Yeah. I don't think I'd like this. I don't think I'd like it. That crust doesn't sound like it would appeal to me. Sounds great. Yeah. It also includes white processed cheese known as Provel. Provel is a trademark for a combination of three cheeses, provolone, Swiss and white cheddar. Ugh. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds fine. The cheese sounds fine, but ha I, yeah, the, the thin, the extra ultra thin. And I mean, Slotty says it's like it's ketchup on a giant saltine cracker, but that doesn't sound bad to me. So <laughs> I might have to I might have to make my way to the big old upside down you city. <laughs> I mean, look, if I was at some place and they were serving it and that was the food that was there, I would definitely try it. But. It's not something I'm going to seek out or try to replicate. Thin crust just doesn't really do it for me. Like, I don't mind it now because I'm not trying to eat like a monster. But, um, you know, I don't know, man. 
Thin crust always just felt like a lie to me. Like, why are we even like bothering? The, I like the, you know, it's, you can get a lot of flavor in that little tiny little slice of thinness. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I don't know. I guess I grew up with the best, the Soup. best uh, with some, you know, Pizza Hut, you know, oh. back in the day. And I really liked their uh, um, pan pizza. So whenever I, I would have that and then I got thin crust, I'd be like, what are we? Why are we pretending here? It's like well, having I like a Pizza Hut's thin and crispy too. Yeah, right. It's I'm like a fan. it's like why you know it's like trying to have a, a keto dessert. It's like why are we bothering? Like this isn't going to be good. This is we're but lying I th- to ourselves. I think it's I think it's all toppings dependent too. Fair because point. I th- I think that like getting ham and bacon on thin crust is the way to go. Hmm. Whereas if I'm getting you know, a, a regular classic style or even maybe like a deep dish or a Detroit style. I don't want ham on it or I don't want like mushrooms on that because I don't want like it's like two layers of thickness and I don't hmm. want two layers of thickness. I want a consistent layer of thickness. Interesting. So, yeah, see, for me, I kind of, you know, I, I someone once said, you know, when they go to a, an ice cream shop, they order a scoop of vanilla because they're like, listen, I want to try your basic stuff. If you can't get the basic thing right, then I don't care how fancy and what other crap you put in it. You know, you got to impress me with your vanilla. And it's kind of the same way with pizza, right? Like, give me your cheese. Keep it simple. Let's see what it is, right? Show me show me what you got. And then from there, we can add other things. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Did I go to an ice cream shop and I say, give me the one thing that's not ice cream because <laughs> I can't eat it. You can't eat dairy? Uh, not the day before a road trip. <laughs> <laughs> if I want to be nice, I won't do that. You know, making you impossibly hungry, Dread Pirate Pash. Yeah, you know, I've been, uh, yeah, I've been watching. I'll, I'll, I'll watch a video on YouTube. It's like, oh, check out this, this thing. You know, like check out this triple chocolate cookie dough recipe. I'm like, oh, I'll just watch it, and then I'm like, mm. I get obsessed, and I'm like, guess what I'm making tomorrow? Guess what I've already added to my shipped. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I have those ingredients. I have, oh, I have all the ingredients. I guess I can just make this tomorrow. And that's what I've been doing lately. Uh, I actually last night made the, uh, the, the pasta, in, is pasta inspired by the movie Luca. It was the uh, Trinetto, Ella, whatever. It was like pesto, um, yellow uh, potatoes, and fettuccine. And it's the first time I made pesto, and it was fucking amazing. It was so good gotta do it yeah See, hannah hannah doesn't like pesto so i can't no can't ever do anything like that yeah jill loves basil but she was really nervous she goes ah she goes pesto i've had she goes i've never had it on pasta i've had it on some sandwiches and things like that and i was like there's no way natalie's gonna like this at all she fucking loved it she had like three platefuls of it just dang it did have pine nuts slotty lightly toasted i toasted them did the pine nuts <laughs> did the garlic <laughs> Uh, did the basil, you know, fresh basil leaves, all that shit. I did the whole thing. It was really great. Man. Yeah, just getting excited now. Going to New Orleans next week, gonna friggin... Dude, you're gonna... Get some, bring some recipes home. Yeah, man. That's so exciting. That's what I'm going for. I'm doing it. That's so cool. I've never actually been down to Louisiana or New Orleans. Obviously, I've never been to Louisiana, never been to New Orleans. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'd love to check it out sometime. Take pics of the wildlife. <laughs> I won't be seeing any wildlife. I'll be in the middle of the city the entire time. I'm not leaving the city. <laughs> not going to the bayou. No. Nah. Not this time. Jared's like, Hannah doesn't like pesto? Are you sure you want to marry that girl? <laughs> yeah. I'll get over it. 
<laughs> You're such a noble man. I'll get over it. <laughs> All right. So before we get too far in, let's go over some housekeeping. Uh, first things first, if you don't already, please follow and check us out on Spotify. We're everywhere else you get your, your podcast, but uh, don't forget to check us out on Spotify. Podcast exists there and we exist there. Uh, next up, you should join our Discord server. Let's just get right to it. You should. You should come and join our happy, weird amalgamation of a family and uh, hang out with us. Discord, if you're not familiar with it, is essentially just like a little online community. It's like a forum. It's like a chat room. And uh, we've got all sorts of cool people in there. And we have a good time keeping up in touch with each other every day, uh, posting memes, posting recipes. We have our own recipes uh, channel now in there. Uh, we you know set up game nights. Um, all sorts of fun stuff. Hang out, chat. It's great. We have ourselves a nice little family. So come hang out with us. To join our Discord, just head over to twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. In the about section, you'll see a little box that says Discord. Click on that Click on that banner. It'll take you right over to our Discord. Join it. Come hang out with us. You know, it'll be good. You get to see all the cool people and get to see the cool stuff that we get to do. Uh, next up, check out our merch on redbubble.com. Head over to Redbubble. Dot com in the search box type in mind gap podcast and uh pick yourself something up pretty nice that was a weird combination of words but it's august you deserve something you deserve a t-shirt uh, a sweatshirt a travel mug a pillow i mean anything anything merch merch go pick yourself up something nice and uh help support the podcast and get yourself uh something nice in the meantime and last but not least uh, we do a live stream video game session every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Central on twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. And uh, it's always a good time. Last weekend, we played Left 4 Dead 2, which was great. Uh, really fun. Uh, really enjoyable. And this weekend, kind of in the same vein, uh, the new game Back for Blood is doing its uh, beta uh, beta test, and uh, I'm going to be yeah. playing the shit out of that game, and we're absolutely going to be streaming that, and I think we got a whole crew of people that will be playing that as well. So Not me. Well, I mean, what about Thursday and Friday? <laughs> I'll definitely be playing Thursday and Friday. Yeah. But I, won't, I won't be around Saturday night. Beta boy test, that's right. Uh, if you're not familiar with Back for Blood, essentially it's uh, it's from the same creators that did the original Left 4 Dead. Um, and it's definitely in that same vein. You've got survivors, you've got zombie-like creatures, and it's really cool. I got Wolf's Lore was very kind enough to give me an, an alpha access uh, several months ago, which I tried out, and it was really cool. So I'm looking forward to... Uh, I'm all in on this game. I'm all in. And you can check it out, too, actually. If you go and pre-order the game now, uh, you can actually get in on the beta, which is, I think is August 5th through August 9th, and they're doing another one later in August. So uh, if you want to check that out, I highly recommend it. But... Otherwise, if you just want to see me and some other of our cool crew do it, Saturday, 8 p.m. Central, twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. We're going to be playing it, y'all, and it's going to be good. Yeah. All right, now that that's out of the way, oof, that was a, oof, that was a burp and a half right there. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? Chat is blowing up. <laughs> All right. Uh, cool. So let's hop into, first of all, Noah, how was your week, man? How are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, yeah, just had a big old fat family reunion Ooh. Uh, that I got back from uh, Sunday. What's It's Tuesday. I was supposed to get back today, but I, <laughs> got, I came home early. Uh, so, yes, 
very cool about uh how about you (laughs) (laughs) uh it's pretty good i had an awesome weekend um it's so funny because like the weekend comes and like i have so much shit that i'm doing and then as soon as the weekend's over i completely forget like what happened (laughs) but i know saturday was a big day because oh we went to the zoo uh met up with uh a college friend of mine and his family and uh the kids went and and had a hell of a morning just loving the zoo it was really fun and then uh natalie had her girls night on saturday nights because while i'm streaming Mm -hmm. she hangs out with jill and they have a girls night and our neighbor uh and natalie fucking love each other and so natalie invited her over for girls night so which was great so they got to go and hang out and have a good time which was really cool and uh that was a lot of fun so um yeah i was it was it was really good really relaxing a lot of fun it was it was pretty cool so nice yeah man it was a good time i'm just trying to enjoy as much of the uh the weather as i came before it inevitably gets fucking cold and snowy yeah it's just it brings me such sadness i'm i'm like enjoying it too but it's also hot (laughs) I don't have air conditioning or anything like that, so I'm ready for it to get cold. I can crack my windows open. I can just let the snow pile in. I can build a snowman in my living room. No. No, Noah. I'm sorry. As your non-existent landlord, I'm going to tell you no, that's not okay. And Slotty, who says fall is the best season, everyone says that, and I have to disagree with you. It's not that fall is so bad. It's that what comes after it. Fall is the predecessor to winter. And whenever fall rolls around, I because like I think I'm still holding on to childhood stuff because summer was the best because school was was out, and spring was great because it was the end of the school year and it was starting to get warm again. So spring gets me pumped for summer, and then fall was the start of the school year, which is fine in like September, a little bit in October, but then. It starts getting bad because winter's around the corner. Now, the upside is that you've got Labor Day, and then there's Halloween, and then there's Thanksgiving, and then there's Christmas. Like, so there's some like big holidays that come up, which is pretty cool and pretty exciting. But, you know, I don't know. Like, I like Thanksgiving a lot. I like cooking for that sort of stuff. I love, you know, pumpkins and shit like that. So that's pretty good. But in general, it's like, to me in my head, it's like starting getting darker and darker and darker and the warm weather just starts fading away and then i get really fucking sad so doug hates autumn that's right <laughs> but here's the thing well yeah because it's 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 the start of the sadness slotty yeah i would play doug hate stuff but i don't have the audio it's, drop it's, for that it's so. all just a matter of perspective really yeah it is yeah Hey, Doug. Hey, not okay. Justin. What's up, Wolf Slur? <laughs> that is my name. Don't wear it out. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about our first thing tonight. Our first thing on the docket is a story that was uh, pretty wildly uh, last week, but was Scarlett Johansson sues Disney for breach of contract over the Black Widow release. Um, essentially, sure. the story on this is that uh, Scarlett Johansson had a contract with Disney. Uh, it was kind of like a typical contract, you know, pre-pandemic, where if certain box office metrics were met, she would earn bonuses in different increments. And this movie was delayed significantly because of the pandemic, and they wanted a theatrical release. But they also released the movie uh, in theaters and on streaming at the same time. 
and while it had a very good opening weekend, uh, the second weekend saw a significant dip, and uh, Scarlett Johansson potentially could have missed out on about $50 million. And so she's suing Disney for lost wages. What do you think about that, Noah? I mean, at first glance, you're thinking Disney can do no wrong. You know, it's a corporation. What corporation <laughs> has ever done anything to hurt its employees or, uh, you know, like, why would they do it for the money? It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But then you <laughs> dig into it a little bit further and you start to think, well, all right. From my perspective, I'm not going to movie theaters anyways. And so at, at any rate, I think they could have just been like, hey, ScarJo. We'll give you like, we'll renegotiate the contract. Like, we'll add the Disney Plus revenue to the contract. Is that not, is that so hard to, for them to just do? If they, if they were supposed, pre-pandemic, if they were going to be giving her like, you know, whatever millions and millions and millions this is going to make, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense that they would, on one, like, breach the contract to begin with, but two, just not go ahead and renegotiate it. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, from from my perspective as just a viewer, I'm fine. Like, and I let me preface by like, I love movies. I loved going to the movie theaters. I strangely don't miss it. I don't miss going to the theater, um, mostly because of other people. Uh, in recent years, other people have just most recent you know podcasts. I've I've railed about people who have ruined my movie going experience because going to the movies is a very special thing for me. And when people are there on their fucking phones or talking or whatever, like I can't tune that out and I get really upset and get really frustrated. So for me, I have a very comfortable and good setup at home and I'm totally fine with watching that stuff. And not to mention that I don't just go to the movies just to go to the movies. I go for movies that I really, really, really want to see. And as I've said, you know, in previous podcasts, like Warner Brothers releasing their slate on HBO Max for 2021. I was on board with that because I saw movies I normally wouldn't have seen in theaters. I like Mortal Kombat and, you know, Godzilla versus King Kong and, you know, all sorts of shit. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I would love to watch it on there. And even if it's premium, like I wasn't super into the Black Widow movie, so I haven't seen it yet, but if it's something I was into, I totally would have bought it on on you know the premium on Disney Plus and totally watched it. I wouldn't have had a problem with that at all. I I would prefer to be in the comfort of my own home. But from Scarlett Johansson's you know perspective, like that sucks. Like I really yeah. I really get it, and um, I think you're absolutely right. Like from a business standpoint, being a business, I mean, part of it's like, hey man, you signed the contract. Yeah. It is yeah. what it is. Um, and I'd also, I mean, you could probably maybe even argue that Disney lost money on this anyway, too, because it didn't do maybe as well as it could have, but that's all yeah. theoretical dollars. Yeah. I, I'm just of the mindset of, I don't, I don't think there was that much interest in the movie to begin with, like as a post end game, post Spider-Man world here that we're in now is like, it doesn't add anything to the next part of it. So unless you're a, a Marvel fan, that is just you got to see everything. 
you're willing to shell out the 30 bucks for the in theater or the Disney plus experience, like the average. And I'm, I mean, I'd say I'm like a higher than average as far as the Marvel fan goes. Like I've, I've seen all of them. I've read, I've read comics. This is just not one that interests me at all. And so, and I think, and I certainly don't think I'm alone. And I, and I think that the box office is of course skewed because there's people that just aren't going to theaters like they would. But I don't think it's that skewed to like, more than a hundred million dollars like i i truly don't think i think a hundred million dollars is maybe the cutoff for people that maybe would have gone to see the movie in theaters but didn't just because it was in theaters and then i think that some of those people might have just bought it on disney plus so no i think you bring up a really good point which is um i think the tools or the metrics that we used to have like i don't think we're going to see a billion dollar you know, grossing movie in the theaters for a long time. Like, I don't think yeah. that what, what used to be and what's measured as like super successful. I mean, I saw, you know, stories about, I can't remember what movies were coming out recently, but it's like, this movie did $50 million and yeah. it's opening. It, it was great. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, are we just, we're probably just that starved for some sort of like excitement about that stuff. But I, I just, people are not going to be going to the theaters like they used to. And Personally, I think we need to reevaluate how we distribute movies. Like, I really, I've always been kind of against the National Association of Theater Owners. Like, I feel like those guys are just doing what they're doing because that's what we've done. And um, I, I'm like, look, this pandemic has, has shined, shined a light on a lot of things. And I think one of the things is that people definitely don't, more people than we think would prefer to stay home to watch this stuff. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's a big argument for just going digital for a lot of things anyways, especially as the technology to produce not exactly the theater experience, but having a high-quality television with high-quality sound system and sitting in a comfortable chair. I can do all those things at home. Exactly. I, it's like I could... I, the only thing that's missing from my movie experience at home is I don't have a sound bar or mm -hmm. I don't have surround sound audio. Yeah. But if I were to take the time, I could set up my headphones, like my Bluetooth headphones to my TV now. And that is arguably a better experience than having the Dolby Atmos speakers. So that's a really good point because I have a sound bar and I have a decent TV and I'm happy to crank that shit up and, and enjoy a movie. And like I, I definitely enjoy being in a movie theater with that sound system and everything like that. It's it's great. It's just the other people that I don't want to be around. And also, I uh, you know, I don't know, man. Like some people are like, oh, I need a, I need the the movie theater popcorn. Well, I can make that shit at my home now. Yeah, as we've discussed many times yeah. in the Mind Gap Discord, <laughs> go to the Mind Gap Discord and join the community. It's movie popcorn's not actually that good and if you just take the time to make it yourself you can make it way better yeah yeah absolutely and, and it's um, not that much of a time commitment and it's mm, way cheaper it, absolutely it's way cheaper <laughs> um i don't know like I, I i just look at that stuff as um i, I don't know I, i'm actually really bummed that i don't miss the movie theater experience as much as i feel like i should yeah i yeah, I think as far as the consensus is on like the Scarlett Johansson thing, it sucks because she's an employee of this company 
and she deserves the money that she has worked for. And I mean, she's earned her spot in like the Marvel cast. Like she's an MVP of the entire cinematic universe. She's been there since 2008. Like mm-hmm. it's she deserves like all of the money that she's making. Yeah. I think the argument then just has to turn into are things going to change and, and should they change for the better of taking in that content? That's a really great question. I, I, I agree. Like I'm with, uh, I'm with, I'm obviously on Scarlett Johansson's side. I, I think it's kind of a shitty business partner thing to do to in the midst of a pandemic, yeah. essentially just be like, to make the decision to release them both she doesn't need the money either i'm not saying i'm not saying that's like oh scarjo's not getting her 50 million from this movie that's oh no yeah but but still it's like it's just a shitty thing for the corporation to do to the person that is doing the work well i think you're gonna tarnish that relationship where maybe that person won't want to work with you again it's kind of like right. how Christopher Nolan's like, fuck Warner Brothers. I'm never working with those pieces of shit ever again after they pulled that, you know, that stuff of just launching all their stuff on streaming. Like, I don't think you'd want to do that. And how much is $50 million really that big of a deal to or renegotiating that? Is that really going to cost Disney no. that much to do that? It's just for every $30 ticket that they sell on on Disney Plus, just give her $2. Right. Give her a percentage of that, you know, because they're going to sell, you know, three or four million tickets. It's not going to add up to what she would have made at the box office, but what she was going to make at the box office pre pandemic doesn't add up now. Anyways, it's all kaput. Yeah. You think at least to show a a, a good faith, be like, Hey, look, we're we're, not, you're not going to hit those benchmarks. It's just most likely not going to happen. So how about we figure something out in the interim where we find something between this and we'll try to find something equivalent or close to it on on the back end for the Disney Plus subscriptions, you know, and just hopefully you can, we'll make that work. I don't know. Maybe there's a reason why I don't, you know, I didn't create Disney and I'm not making boatloads <laughs> of money is because I'm not a fucking prick when it comes to that stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, if I were to have made Disney, I probably would have made every single decision exactly the same with no. Yeah. No differences. Yeah. I, you know. <laughs> I think more than anything, it'll be interesting to see moving forward what, um, how this stuff will will pan out. Because yeah. with with the Delta variant ravaging now again, I don't see I see a lot of the stuff kind of backing off again. Like you know, some of these things are like only in theaters. I'm like, I don't <laughs> think that's necessarily going to be the case. You know? Yeah. And what's the other option? Delay again? Because like, some of these movies are like Dune. I mean, you got to release them, you know? Now, I do kind of like, I think if I read correctly, like Suicide Squad is being launched in theaters then 30 days after it's on HBO Max. I think that's what I read somewhere. As far as what I have seen, it's on HBO Max for 30 days the day of. Oh, is that what it is? I think that's what it is. I think it comes out on August 6th or August 5th, and it is on HBO Max for 30 days. Maybe and I read that wrong then. <gasps> so you're right. In theaters on HBO Max, same day as the theatrical release for a limited time. That's fucking dope, man. <laughs> That's awesome. 
And oh, that's so cool. Well, I'll be I'll be taking a little peek ski at it. I'll probably watch it in the airport. Well, because also like the movie Reminiscent with Hugh Jackman doesn't look awesome, yeah. but I'm curious. I'm like, I'll fucking watch it if it's there. Yeah. And then like Suicide Squad. I will be watching that on Friday. Like, I'll check that out. I'll pass on Space Jam. I'm good. It's too... Yeah, I don't need to see that. It was, it was fine. Yeah, I'm good. And then there's <laughs> one called Malignant. I think I've seen some stuff for that, but I'm not entirely sure if I remember what it is. Uh, Cry Macho. Uh, Dune. Same thing. Dune. King Richard. A Matrix See, this movie. Is, this is great because I'm already paying for HBO Max, so I'm not like investing extra into going seeing these movies because mm -hmm. there's a lot of games coming out in the next three months. Uh -huh. and I got to spend my money on that. <laughs> what games are you looking forward to? Uh, Deathloop and Kena both come out in September. Two highly anticipated games from me. Um, new VR game called I Expect You to Die 2 comes out. I Expect You to Die 1 was very good, and I'm very excited for the second one. I got this fantasy draft thing that's I'm really riding on. I don't have any money on it, but I would really <laughs> like to not lose. So. <laughs> that's so cool. Uh, it's weird. It says untitled Matrix movie. How can you have an untitled Matrix movie that's due out December twenty second? How is that a? How is I, that I think a thing? That's, I think that is the title. Why? I think it's called Untitled Matrix movie. Why? Because it's like that's definitely not. I, but I think that it um probably has something to do with the matrix and how the matrix is a, a computer and it's a it's a commentary on how computers aren't creative but people <laughs> are so we need to keep people around man there's no there's nothing about this at all other than like hey there's a you know there's a thing yeah the matrix rebooted sure. <laughs> Jared says I should watch Space Jam with Natalie and explain her what all the Hanna-Barbera cartoons are. That sounds exhausting. And no, I don't want to do that. Hard pass. It could be, it could be uh, the Matrix, unplug it and plug it back in. There you go. <laughs> Did it work? Is it working? Did it work? Ah, it work. Jared just said the same thing. Dang it. Um, yeah, even like King Richard. You know, that's another one. It's about the, you know, it's got Will Smith and about the uh, Venus and Serena Williams. Like, I might check that out because... It's there. And it's this there. this this greatly appeals to me. This this sort of distribution and release. Like I'm all for it. And I don't know, man. I think HBO Max like everyone was shitting on them in the beginning, but I'm like, I don't know, man. I think they took a, a creative uh, business risk. And for me, it's working. <laughs> I I'm there. I'm I'm there I'm for, it. for it. Yeah. I uh yeah. I I'm a fan of it. So, but I hope I hope moving forward that the studios can figure this shit out. I think this is a, a big opportunity. I know they have to appease the theaters or they could potentially lose some significant partners. But also, yeah. this is probably you know insensitive, but to those theaters, I want to say, get your fucking shit together. Like, <laughs> think about the times and the technology ex that exists. And I think to some extent we have to accept that some of these theaters are going to go away. And, and, and would it be such a bad thing if the box office was less of a priority? If if we had less two, three billion dollar movie productions in the world, maybe we get a couple like one, two million dollar budget movies instead. Is would that be so awful? Oh man, no, right now Justin <laughs> has got a giant erection and right, he doesn't know why. 
<laughs> I gotta bring in that energy from Justin. Oh, that would. But you know what? <laughs> I've enjoyed these huge movies, but I'm with you. Like, I think you can do a lot more with a lot less. Oh, and, yeah. and I think we can explore. I mean, we've seen so much with streaming, right? There's so many things yeah. that can be created. And you're right. What if we took a different approach? I mean, I think now, and this has been kind of the thing for years, more people, I think, flock to a creative series, even if it's a limited series, than to a movie. You have more time to explore and to develop things. Like, I'm um, thinking of like The Outsider on HBO. Like, that was a phenomenal Stephen King adaptation. That was awesome. I don't know if they're going to make any yeah. more to it, but if it stands by itself, it stands by itself. It's fucking great. We told a cool story. And we're going from there. Marvel, some of the Marvel shows yeah. right now, I've liked all of them so far. I've enjoyed all of them. I think they're great. Yeah. And I mean, it's like the late 90s and the early 2000s were like the prime of cinema. Mm -hmm. Like, I, and because a, a lot of those movies that were coming out that were like self contained, original IPs, things that were never meant to have spin offs, just stories that a person had an idea. But I don't want to be the person that's like, oh, there's no original stories in Hollywood today. <laughs> but. I think there, it just lends something to not necessarily having an original story, but just having a story and and telling that story in the allotted two hours rather than serial. And I think having a couple things that are serialized, you know, big budget, that's fine. But I don't I don't need everything to be a bigger world. Sometimes I, I am perfectly fine with a movie, you know, yeah. maybe a second movie. I mean, yeah. let's make a crazy idea, a third, <laughs> and then don't touch the franchise again. <laughs> like, that's, <sighs> but I think that, like, there were a lot of really good movies that came out in 99. Yeah. And still haven't been talked about, or like, talked about bringing back since. And I think that's perfect because that was like right before VFX really took off, but mm -hmm. there were still some there. A lot of that stuff aged well because it's still kind of practical. Mm -hmm. It and it's just good movies. It's just self-contained stories that everybody yeah. can go back and enjoy. Uh, I think that's because uh, that, that this is where the business takes over, right? You see yeah. something that has eight books that is a huge draw with the the fan base, and people are like, "Let's make all those movies," and just think mm -hmm. about let's just jerk off to all the money we're going to potentially make with this and we've seen grand successes and also big failures uh with that sort of stuff <laughs> and um you know because it's easy right i get it from a marketing standpoint yeah. if like if people know this property you have to do less work to get them interested in it but right. sometimes you want that thing that's standalone and i think right yeah. now streaming is the best way to tell some of those stories even if it's just yeah. Like Loki, I thought it was great. Six episodes. Like w when I first heard that WandaVision was nine, I'm like, only nine? And then each one got less and less. And I'm like, this is perfect. Six yeah. episodes. We're going to tell a nice Six little story. Good. It's great. It feels really yeah. good as opposed to eight seasons. You know, and, and I understand that it is kind of part of this bigger universe, but it's all stuff we've never seen before. All characters we've never seen before, with the exception of the main character which isn't even like the character that we've been with the whole time. Yeah. And it's like, it was good. And it, it ties in at the end, whatever. Yeah. But I could, I could truly take or leave the ending. Mm -hmm. I can honestly, I can honestly take or leave the Marvel branding. Yeah. And it's like, it's just a good, 
good, nice story that I really enjoyed. Yeah, exactly. Because at the end of the day, and we've talked about this in our Discord, um, I loved I loved your take on Star Wars and everything like that, which was really <laughs> good. But for me, at the end of the day, it's about telling a good story. If you mm-hmm. tell a good story, that's all that matters to me. And it, obviously, you can enhance that with cool things in different in different aspects. But for me, I just I want I want to be drawn to something that is going to inspire me and that's going to lock me in and lock in my attention. And if that's something that can be told in two hours, awesome. If that's something that it can be told over eight seasons, awesome. If it's in between, cool. Like I, I'm fine with whatever. Just I just want a good, cohesive story that that is that is worth my time. My time is incredibly valuable. Yeah. I feel like such a dick saying that. Like my time is worth so <laughs> what's much. So, what's so good about your time? What about my time? <laughs> but I realized now because I had oodles of time growing up, but I didn't realize how much time <laughs> I had. And now I'm like, oh my god! Like I don't. I rarely get to sit down and watch a movie in one sitting i have to watch it piecemeal and at first i was like i'll never do that but now i'm like hey man if this is the only way i'm gonna get to watch this movie i'll watch it 45 minutes at a time because those are the windows of time that i get that's cool that works for me um so but i can't i don't want to waste my time i get mad when i watch a movie that it just peters out like i watched uh, no sudden moves on uh hbo it had uh don Cheadle and uh benicio del toro um uh who else uh david harbour matt damon's in it for a little bit uh great just amazing actors just absolutely amazing and i was in it for the first two thirds and the last third i was like all right bring it home and it didn't bring it home i was like man fuck this movie you know (laughs) it's like come on like you gotta where was bugs bunny right (laughs) or you know like watching something like tenet and then just being like, God damn it. Like just watching something like Tenet and already being frustrated. Yeah. It's like, and then getting more and more frustrated and then getting more frustrated and then be, and then thinking, Oh, that was kind of neat. And then, Oh wait, no, this movie sucks. Yeah. Cause I can handle <laughs> something that's just entertaining. That's totally fine. Yeah. Right? Like there's, there's room in the world for those kinds of things, but I also kind of get upset where I'm like, you know, 10 is good. I will never understand the hate. Well, Jared, I mean, the best I can say is that it's a, it's a movie that looks great. I think the concept of it is great. I think the execution is absolutely atrocious. Well, I, I think that they had, a. I think probably one of the best, better things that they did in that movie was tell the viewer not to think about it. And if you don't think about it, the movie's good. If you ignore the plot, and think, okay, if there's any plot holes, just don't worry about it. I think that's a really neat trick that scriptwriters should use more often. <laughs> I think, in, I think in, if, like, if in The Rise of Skywalker, they were like, all right, guys, we know you don't like this movie, but if you just don't think about the fact that you don't like the movie, I think you'll really like the movie. And then let me watch it. And then I think it'll be great. I think there's... Because oh, it sets the expectations, right? Because... <laughs> You know, I, I, that's all that's all this ever is, is expectations. Are your yeah. expectations met when you go and yeah. watch this thing? And I think the problem is when those expectations fall short. And, yeah. you know, I, one of my favorite moments of that is in the movie Looper, where Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is, like, asking a lot of questions to Bruce Willis's character. And after a while, Bruce Willis's character gets mad. He's like, we could sit here all day talking about time travel shit and none of it matters. That was like the writers saying, don't think too much about this because 
because it's almost like they were asking the questions through Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character about time travel, and then they were basically like, "See, we know you're out there thinking about this. We're going to tell you, don't fucking worry about it. Let's watch this movie. You ready? Ready to move forward? Yeah. Let's move forward." I'm like, "Part of me respects that." I was like, "Cool." It's like, just stop asking questions. God damn it. <laughs> I respect it. I respect um, it. Speaking of stories and stories that are that that can be told, uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, has had. It's best year ever in 2020. It's it's it was a banner year for Dungeons and Dragons, uh, according to uh, this article from GameDaily.biz, which sounds like a totally legitimate website. Uh, let's see here. Uh, they had their most successful year. Uh, it marked their seventh consecutive year of growth, with sales up 33 percent. And it also boasted it has more than 50 million players to date. I don't know how they track that. But apparently they do. And census. That, it's census. Part census it's part of the census. Uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, a source book that was published in November of last year, is. And, and the thing is, Tasha's Cauldron is a great book. It is. It's a pretty good one. It's really cool. It was the most pre-ordered <laughs> book in the game's history, and this game has been around for forty-seven years. So, um, you know, I started doing Dungeons and Dragons a couple years ago. And have become absolutely infatuated with it. I uh, played in a campaign for the while. I DM'd a campaign. And now I'm actually working on building my own homebrewed one-shot to uh, host at some point in time. Um, And I am uh, one of the folks who fell in love with Critical Role a little late. I know for some folks that, you know, it's one of those... It's the gold standard of, like... Everyone likes it because they like it. Uh, but for me, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it's the one podcast I've been listening to by like solely been listening to that over the last few weeks because I find the story very engaging and I love the voice actors in it. I think they tell a great story and I'm just completely engrossed in it. I, I will say a critical role. I'm very glad it exists. I love Matt Mercer to death. I too long too many people yeah i can't listen to dnd if there's more than four people at a time honestly it's just or at least four players it's just too much yeah too much for me that's I, fair i can't i can't keep focus i i just end up tuning it out and then i'm like i don't want to listen to just pe- like people talk about stuff i don't understand because <laughs> if i if i just missed three hours of their of their story then then i'm lost no it's true and that's what's fascinating about i think what i've been more just blown away by is this critical role success and how it's amassed such an incredible fan base and to the point where i mean i got on the critical role train way 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 late and i just remember you know i was just slowly listening to episodes at one point i'm like oh they do a they do a live show and there are i don't know a thousand two thousand people in a fucking convention hall watching these people play make-believe an improv on a stage for three to four hours and they're engrossed they're cheering they're gasping they're like when matt mercer says roll initiative the crowd goes wild when he says how do you want to do this everyone loses their fucking minds when people roll low they're like no they just they're engaged with it and i find myself kind of being the same way like when something good happens like one time i i I was like yeah like it just in real life i'm like how is it making me feel for this this shit it's completely make-believe that they're just making up on the spot critical role is like cheesecake mm-hmm. to me it's 
something that I really, it's got all the things I like. It's something I really wish I enjoyed. Just can't. No, that's totally fair. Like, um, <laughs> I think what also sells it for me too is that everyone on that show is incredibly humble about what's yeah. going on, and they are not—they are the least cocky or arrogant about it. They are the couple of live shows that I've listened to when they're getting announced, and the crowd is just cheering for an extra two minutes, and they sit down and they're like, they like Matt Mercer just turns to everyone and goes. Can you fucking believe we're doing this right now? Like they're just absolutely just trying to soak it in that people give a shit about them yeah. playing this game that, you know, <laughs> is just as nerdy as you can get in a lot of ways. And and yeah. the fact that based on the stuff that they made up, they're making a cartoon that I will I will be in, engaging in that content for sure and it's they, they not only did they they get it funded through kickstarter then amazon purchased it so they're gonna yeah. have two seasons that's that have been purchased that will be playing on amazon prime sometime this year it's gonna be going and i can't fucking wait for that because yeah what's also great is they have professional voice actors who will be voicing their characters <laughs> like it's yeah they're so talented and they essentially get I to love. rewrite their stuff I would love if Amazon bought Enter the Gunshot. Right? <laughs> we want to do a limited series, Noah. What did I love? We want we want to know about this gunch, this gunch Six character. episodes. <laughs> but I, I think just, there needs I think there needs to be more inspired by HP Lovecraft stuff yeah? out in the world. I mean, you you yeah. really liked um uh what was that show on hbo um lovecraft yeah love lovecraft country you were a big fan of that right which wasn't renewed for a second season i know uh, which is a really big bummer i was surprised I that show was super good i was hot and cold with it there were episodes that i really liked and there are other episodes where i'm like what the fuck is happening there were things with the general production that i didn't like uh yeah. but i always thought that like the acting was yeah. great solid was, i hate to loop back to the marvel talk mm -hmm. but Oh jeez, what is his name? Oh god, uh, the dude who who plays the main character in Lovecraft Country, which I can't remember the oh, name. Oh right, of right, right. Yeah, I, uh, he plays uh, King the Conqueror. Yes. Um. So I had never seen him in anything before Lovecraft Country. I, I just never seen him before uh, Jonathan Majors, and I was like, okay, this guy's like a good actor. He's playing like this meathead army dude, like pretty well but then when he when he's in kang the conqueror in loki spoilers um he's like a charismatic like big energy guy and i'm like i just can't see you as this guy i know it's, it's i had the same strange. thing i was so thrown off by it i was like <laughs> this is a very different eccentric like he's character a, he's doing a very good job <laughs> like he was he was acting great but i had only seen him in one other thing yeah so it was, it was very strange but yes back to uh dungeons and dragons critical role is great i'm i you know i i'm very glad it exists i'm glad I, I, any content exists that brings people into a space that yeah. is you know i don't i i'm a big fan of dungeons and dragons i, yeah. I play the game i play mm -hmm. a lot of tabletop rpgs yeah so anything that will, you know, a little come here, you know, maybe get people to maybe people are like, oh, Matt Mercer, that's a cool guy. Maybe I want to try DMing. Maybe yeah. you, you like uh, you like one of the characters. You're like, OK, I want to play. I got to find the DM. Yeah. Uh, and I think that stuff is is cool. I mean, and it's easy to come by nowadays. I mean, yes, you can, you can buy like Dungeons and Dragons starter kits in Walmart, Target. 
it's very easily accessible. Yeah. I think I was reading in another article that their their starter sets of like sales quadrupled. Like people yeah. are just more and more interested. I think part of it was from like Stranger Things. Um, that show sort of, you know, yeah. seeing these kids play it and, you know, a lot of their stuff was rooted in that. Critical Role has also played a uh, a big part of that. And then also I think the pandemic has also played a part in it because people were looking for shit to do while sure. they were at home and it's very easy i've actually never played D D in a physical setting i've only done it yeah. remotely and i think there's so much i mean i don't know I, I can't compare it to being in person but i find the production can be so much more interesting digitally because you can do so much more visually and with the mm -hmm. audio to sort of enhance um the the storytelling there is a really sweet program called uh, Bardly mm -hmm. that is a subscription program, but it's basically like mini online Discord servers that are meant for playing like curated music that everyone joins this like mm. room and then the DM can play music to fit like the tone of like the dungeon or the town or wow. You know, which is a very cool system. Um, I, I've had a very strange, like, D&D &D life, because mm -hmm. I've been playing since I was, like, 13. Oh, wow. But it was only during 2020 that I started to look more at the DMing side of things. Oh, cool. More like the game-making type side, which, of course, Enter the Gunshin was, the, was my first time mm -hmm. doing anything at least to that scale. I've done a couple one shots here and there, but like four years. Fuck you, Jared. <laughs> I might be the youngest person in the discord, but I'm not that young. <laughs> um, but but also my very first time ever playing D&D &D was like with a dude who's been DMing for 30 years uh -huh. and played with six players yeah. it was like a large scale adventure we played for like four or five hours like got pizza and like did the whole thing mm -hmm. and then my next time playing D, &D with was with a first time dm and they were like equally fun for different reasons that's interesting and then since then i've played with a bunch of first time dms i've dm'd it's like a whole thing but like that's the that's kind of the fun with of the game is that you can do anything in the game as you're playing it or you can make the world and then have your players do anything yeah i i remember in college i had a friend uh reach out to me and be like hey man we play uh D, &D like every wednesday night you should come by and play and i was like uh-uh uh-uh i can't do that <laughs> i i'm not comfortable role playing like i was it, but i wanted to really bad but I was stuck in most of my young adult life was I really wanted to do something. But practical Doug was like, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> like, I would have loved to take more theater classes in high school. Oh, yeah. But practical Doug's like, you can't do that. That doesn't that doesn't line up with what you want to do. And D&D um, <laughs> &D was another one of those things where I'm like, that sounds really cool. But I'm uncomfortable with the idea of role playing with mm -hmm. with, you know, other people. And, and, and then I did. I took improv. And improv is very much like playing D&D &D, yeah. where you just fucking make shit up as you go. And um, as I started playing D&D, &D, I'm like, oh, my God, like, this is so cool. It's overwhelming at first because yeah. it's literally you can do 
whatever you want and it's just like roll to see what happens and when the first time i was playing it's and the dm goes all right what do you want to do i'm like what are my options he's like you can do whatever you want i'm like i don't like this (laughs) and i think that's actually something that is hard for new players and and it's like my current dm we he's new and we're players who wanted to show him how to how to play the game and so a big part of it was you kind of have to let us do whatever we want your your job is not necessarily to guide us toward like tell us the story we're telling the story through your narration essentially you're yeah. you're not you're not the storyteller you're the narrator and i think a lot of new players have a really hard time with that because yeah. they're like i have this story in my mind that i want i have the beats that i want to hit but that's the that's the problem with improv is mm-hmm. that you can't you can't have a preconceived idea of what you want, which preconception can still get you pregnant. Mm-hmm. You can't have a preconceived idea of what you want going into a scene in improv because somebody else is going to say something you won't expect. And then you won't know how to respond because you're not, that's listening. not what you had planned. You're not listening. And so if you're trying to DM you can't just be like, okay, so we're going to go to this town and we're going to talk to these people and we're going to do this thing. And then you're going to fight a guy because there you have to leave it open to maybe they're going to avoid that town entirely and go somewhere else. And they'll come back to that town later. Maybe they'll try to talk their way out of combat. You know, it's that's, that's the beauty of the whole thing. Yeah. As, as a DM, I definitely found myself like, I think constraining myself to like, this is what, should happen or this is what i hope happens but every single time i was surprised and in a good way i was like cool didn't know that was going to happen and um one of my favorite moments from critical role that that happened where it was purely just holy shit um you know spoilers if you're watching the show they they were gonna go visit this guy at night to get information on a dock things went tits up and they ended up uh stealing a ship and riding it off into the sunset. And because uh, halfway through, the, 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 the players are like, are we stealing the ship? And they just fucking stole the ship. Town, like the guards were coming because they were like, whatever, what's happening? And they were like, they stole a fucking ship. And Matt Mercer's like, okay, uh, okay. we'll prepare for this. Or they're in a city and there's, there's so many times he's like, well, here's all this stuff that I wrote that is no longer relevant. And he's not mad. He's just being like, yeah. I prepared for an encounter. You guys quickly found your way out of it. Yeah. And you moved on and cool. Well, that's it. We're good. We're done. And that's not to say that there aren't shitty players out there because there (laughs) definitely are. I mean, you can, you know, of course uh, uh, I have, I have dark vision. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's hard to surrender. Well, there's one, it's hard to differentiate the player from the character because what I love about critical role is they, those, those, players do that they're like they ask themselves would my character know that or what would my character do and they play that accordingly they don't try to win they try to play the game and that's hard and that's when it's a hard skill to learn yeah because we've played so many games so many role-playing games where we have there's a story that you follow and you are the hero and you win and in this game you could die and your character will yeah. permanently be dead. And that is that. I mean, it's like kind of the thing that I loved about Enter the Gunshot. I'm not trying to suck my own dick over here, but like your character 
got shot in the leg and had a limp for the entire <laughs> adventure in the tutorial. the tutorial. Of course, of course, I wasn't going to have you die while I was teaching you the mechanics of the game, but <laughs> it still had a consequence that right. I wasn't necessarily anticipating. Right. And, and that's the shit that you just got to roll with. And you guys could have died. It could have been like a one episode session. I mean, the, right. the Cthulhu system is is pretty dang punishing madness um, is a real thing in that world Madness is a real thing but you guys still made it to the end like you, not everybody survived and that's no. part of the game but yeah. like you guys did you did the thing the story was completed which is lucky on my end like i like it didn't have to be completed and if some other things happened if maybe in some portions of the dungeon you guys did a different thing maybe we would have never even gotten to that end goal and you would have stayed alive i mean there were escape routes that i put in the game that you guys just happened to never find yeah and so it was like i'm never gonna push you guys in that direction as a dm you're not supposed to push people yeah you're supposed to kind of nudge them in you're supposed to put the inklings put the seeds of the ideas of the things without explicitly saying yeah go do the thing I think that's the part I struggle with is is preparing for all possibilities. And I think yeah. you have to surrender to the fact that you won't be able to prepare for all the possibilities because, yeah. I mean, I was call me crazy. I, I gave my players in, in my D&D campaign uh, some potentially campaign breaking uh, magical item. It was magical paints that allowed them to whatever they painted became real. And I was like. We'll see. And they kind of were like, immediately were like, oh, cool. We can fast travel now. And I'm like, I didn't me, consider that. Let me paint money. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. And but they were very creative in that they got trapped in a room and the uh, the the bad guys were trying to get them to go through a barricade to a, a very dangerous room that had been sealed off. So they used the paints to paint a door to another door sure. earlier in the cavern to come out and in, in, in ambush those other creatures, I was like, that's fucking creative as hell. Yeah. Like, well done. Like, yeah, that's absolutely excellent. That's Super that's the cool stuff, stuff I recommended, well, you know? Yeah, and then you're, like, entering the world of homebrew. Like, yes. you have just your own ideas, and then you move away from D&D, &D and you just start to kind of use it as a template, as, mm -hmm. the, as the rule set of the game, but you can make it in the future or you mm -hmm. can make it, you know, still high fantasy, but maybe a bit more gritty or like combine things, throw things in and sprinkle, sprinkle all these things together. And then you just have like a cool adventure. You can feel satisfied as the DM because not only are you like actively making something, you know, it's like script writing, it's world building. It's, it's creating something it's, yeah. it's in, it's in some form or another art and then you get to share that with people who then on their end can enjoy it and they can take it in. They get to explore this thing. They get to do cool shit like kill monsters and mm -hmm. use magic and stuff. And if you take that next step forward, like I just commissioned uh, an art piece of the character that I'm currently playing as. And it's like sweet now to have that visual reference of like this one of a kind character that is mine and... I can look at it and be like, okay, that's the character that I'm playing. Like I'm role playing when I am playing the game. And it's like, really, it's, I don't know. It's special. It's cool. Yeah. I, I think there's so much about this that obviously got people got put through the ringer early on where they're like, you're playing make believe. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And guess what? It's really fucking fun. It's really yeah. fucking fun to, you know, and I'm sure the people that were super into it early on probably didn't help with its uh, brand. 
Uh, Because I've also, you know, gone to my local board game shop, uh, which I fucking (laughs) love. It's called Fair Game. It's the goddamn best. And they have, you know, before the pandemic, we're having daily gaming events. And there was a D&D day. And I remember went in there one day and just hearing people talk. And the way that I was just like, dude, I would never sit down at this table with you. Like, I just won't. This would be so uncomfortable. No, the exact same thing. When I first moved to this city... Uh, and I got like my first job here. It was right next to a gas station. And on my lunch breaks, I would go to the gas station and get like chips and a drink or whatever. And the cashier was this like the greasiest dude I've ever met in my life. And he wore like the archery wrist leathers. Oh boy. And like would always have just a t shirt with like wolves on it or whatever. <laughs> and he, I, I went in wearing a shirt with a bear on it once. And he confronts me and goes, oh, dude, that shirt is like sweet. Like it's a super cool bear. It had like I was holding an axe and a shield. And he was like, do you like play D&D at all? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I play. Yeah, I play D&D. And he's like, well, we do like D&D down at this place in the thing like every Tuesday or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, man. I'll, yeah. He's like, you should check it out. And I'm like, OK, no. <laughs> <laughs> because you asked me anybody else may, I probably would have taken him up on it well that's the, also how you how you had to find people to play with right yeah like now it's so easy to find whomever like yeah. you go to just there's places you know because you also mentioned that there's there are so many companies that yeah. are creating ways to make this great I actually supported two kickstarters uh, one's called Dungeon Alchemist where it basically uses an AI system to build your dungeon for you. And I got another one called uh, Let's Roll, which essentially will also be, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, Integrate with Dungeon Mm -hmm. Alchemist, where essentially you can, it's it's almost like its own, I'm not trying to describe what it is, but essentially you can run your campaign through it. It has dice, Mm. it has character sheets, it has all that sort of stuff, but it will integrate with Dungeon Alchemist and it gives you this beautiful uh, 3D environment that's auto-populated by AI and you can adjust it any way that you see fit. And just there's forums and everything where it's like, Hey, I want to test this out. Who wants to join my campaign, which I would never do um, (laughs) ever. I would never join with a bunch of strangers because I'm like, that's that to me would be one of my social nightmares. Um, Talk about Doug hates stuff and Doug watches awkward (laughs) videos. It's like Doug joins a random D and D game. Like, uh, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, There's, so many tools out there. I mean, I've been using a map making tool called mm-hmm. Incarnate, which mm-hmm. is just you just paint and like you can paint out land and paint inland and get water and wow. all these different textures for like land. You can, and then you just get a stamp brush for all these different assets like trees and mountains. And, That's really and cool. You make villages and towns and cities. And it's a very cool program that I have used now to help my DM make up an entire like homebrew world for our campaign and it's sweet like it's just super cool that all these things are super easily accessible free a lot of the time just because they're people who have been you know playing D for 40 years and they're now adults and they're in coding or they're in mm-hmm. you know production of of some kind or engineering of some kind and they're just have these sweet ideas and they are just for bettering the community and so they just put them out there and they just let you use them that's awesome uh where do you do you find or do you think that maybe in the near future D could become super corporate like disney level corporate 
where we could be seeing a story in 20 years from now where someone didn't get their bonus from their contract because you know the the the, the newest uh book the book that came out didn't you know distribute as well as it should have i don't know kind of hope not <laughs> <laughs> i could I mean, see it headed that way like i think we're in a booming age of this sort of stuff it's become I, less taboo taboo is not the right it's word but. very i don't know i think it's a slippery slope because i don't like the the dungeons and dragons video games like there's a lot yeah. of them but i think that takes away the fun because there's only so many things you can do in a video game yeah and so i think that kind of takes away from that experience or it takes away from just the the expectation which is i can do whatever i want and then i go play a video game and i can't do whatever i want yeah and then there's also the I don't know if there's like talks of a movie or a TV show, but I don't want a freaking Dungeons and Dragons TV show. Like, I don't care. Like, that's like I'm I make the TV show. Yeah. I like the the serialized week to week episodic thing is me playing the game. I don't need like to, I don't need to watch Henry Cavill be a sorcerer and like fight. And like, I don't need. Like, I, get, I get it. I got it. I, I, I can do it. If I wanted that, I could make a I could make a character based off of Henry Cavill as a sorcerer, and then I could put Henry Cavill as the profile picture on D and D Beyond. It's like it's it, it's a it's a I think it there it is a slippery slope if it ever were to maybe go that. Direction. You you make a good point in that the beauty of Dungeons and Dragons is the improvisation the improv part of it right it's it's the creating a character it's rolling to see what will happen it's unplanned <laughs> that's the only way they can make it is if to make a movie is they have the plot outline and then they have all the actors play the game and then act the scenes out and it would have to take like four years but that's the only way that i would go see a dungeons and dragons movie is if i knew during production they were rolling dice for what happened to make the well movie. that's what the critical role stuff is they they're making right. a tv show off of things that they rolled through over exactly. 110 episodes in that first yes. campaign that they did so yeah you're right that took several years 110 five-hour episodes exactly which yes. is also a wild <laughs> thing that someone brought up was that these videos that they have on youtube have hundreds of millions of views and these are on average three to four hour episodes like these are not short so if you think with about no, with no less than an hour of ads Actually, their ads, their ads are pretty, pretty short for the most part. I mean, their, their intros are like 10 to 15 minutes and then the they do, they do like two minutes of ads halfway through. So all together in three to four hours, you get maybe less than 20 minutes of ads, which and maybe I just bad. got unlucky. Maybe you did. That I, that I, watched. I just skipped the first 12 to 14 <laughs> minutes just because it's, I'm like, I don't care what you guys have going on because this is also <laughs> like 80 weeks ago. So, yeah. you know, none of it matters to Fair me. Enough uh but you know the fact that people are willing to sit there and listen to all that i mean there's there's obviously yeah. there's something there and i think that's great because we get the opportunity to explore that but also there's something there that some greasy salesman or business person is going to exploit they're going to find a way to do it but i think there are barriers that prevent it like you said like the Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance game. I'm like, I'm not really big into those kind of action games anyway. And like you said, it's not D&D. It's based mm -hmm. in the D&D universe. And it's got these characters like Drist and Wolfgar and all that sort of stuff that people may recognize. But it's not D&D. It's got a D&D tag on it. But it's not D&D. It's, it's, it's limited. It's, it's linear. Yeah. 
and apparently it's filled with just absolutely game breaking bugs. <laughs> um, but you're right. Like, the, the, I don't want to see some show that's produced. You know, this is D and D. It's like, yeah, I, I play D and D. Like, I, I mean, because what differentiates a D and D world from a Tolkien world, or yeah. like what? Like, there's not a lot of differentiation there. I know that there's some original like Dungeons and Dragons characters. But if we're following a wizard and a fighter and, uh, and like if we're just following the classes of a D&D campaign, it doesn't matter if they're fighting if in one episode they're fighting a beholder mm-hmm. because I because it's still just four people with varying personality like tropes <laughs> fighting a monster. Right. And not only that, it's like part of is it this is a hot like, take. I'm getting frustrated. I don't know. Are people going to get mad at me because I don't want the Dungeons and Dragons movie? It's like, you know, oh, he got bitten by the snake. I hope his constitution's high enough to re- <laughs> repel the poison. You know, like just all the things that come along with it, like combat can sometimes for some people be a slog, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I try to hit him and I miss. It's like, oh, did he roll? Like everything's like, oh, he wasn't too stealthy. He must have rolled low on his stealth. It's it's yeah. all those elements that build tension and create the, these branches of different realities. Like it's all part of living it. And I think it's hard to build something out on that that isn't improvised. So yeah, yeah. so that's that. It, it is story. It is. Story here is go and play Dungeons and Dragons. It's yeah. it's fine. It's, it's easy to do. Try it out. If you're curious and you've never done it before, like I was, just find some people. It's it's very easy. It's accessible. It's affordable. Go try it out. Give it a try. And if you're trying to play some tabletop board games, join the Mind Gap Discord. There's people trying to play yeah, games all the time. We'll totally play with you guys. I'm totally going to once I get my one shot done. Just ship it over to the Discord and be like, who wants to play this with me? Because uh, I'm gonna DM it. Um, by the way, I, I'm thinking about what would Noah do in this situation as I'm building out different situations, and I can't ever figure it out because Noah is, you know, an enigma. Go find the nearest horse to fuck. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing is when we uh, did a quick one, and you were like, uh, well, you were, uh, you were like a bird that was just like rocking and rolling in the tavern, uh, yeah. and just yeah, I was the I was the Aracocker bard. Yeah, that the was amazing. Bard. The bird bard, and feathers. Slotty's like, I need a game, fellas. I know, buddy. I'm working on it. We're, we're, we're gonna do it. I'm working on it. It's. I make progress, and I'm like, oh my god, there's so much to consider. I'm also a perfectionist, so it's it's you know it's tough. <laughs> What's also tough is trying to figure out how to survive encounters. You know, like mm-hmm. how do you build an encounter because you don't want to straight up murder your players, and you don't want your players yeah. to straight up murder what you've built. And sometimes the best way to figure it out is to put them into an arena and say, mm-hmm. let's test this out. Let's see who survives. And honestly, let's go through into the. Welcome <laughs> to the throwdown. That's right, baby. It's the throwdown. And uh, we're in it to win it. And, and just so you know, as we've done on past episodes, uh, w- referring to the council for the throwdown. Uh, Noah is on that council, but not this time, not this week. This week, Slotty put together a separate side council. To I come was up with excommunicated from the console for Con- this council. week, the splinter council. <laughs> so Noah has no idea what we're going to be diving into. So let's take a look here. So, oh boy. Oh no boy. 
Okay, this week's throwdown is the Battletoads from that okay. Nintendo Never game heard of it. versus Never heard of it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Never heard of it. Not familiar. <laughs> oh, See, this I can is end exciting. The, I, can end the battle, I can end the battle right now. Okay. I don't need to, I don't need to hear their, their skills and their abilities. Okay. Battletoads only got three. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles got four. They got the, they got the numbers advantage. They win. I mean, that is a significant advantage. That is very true. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. For, all right, all right. Wow, these toads are young, man. Well, I guess that makes sense. What cause... is that? Uh, rash, zit, and pimple. Yeah, um, I know they're very brutal. Uh, you you never played Battle Toads? Yes. Yeah, what are... I have. I have played the newest Battle Toads. Gotcha. I've not played the classics. I've never had access to them. Ah, uh, the classics were. The, were the very first Dark Souls, if you will. They were <laughs> the Dark Souls of the SNES. Un uncharacteristically difficult to the point where it was impossible to do it without using Game Genie and giving yourselves infinite lives. Well, the freaking TMNT NES game was hard too. Yeah, that game. Whew, that and I game. have I have played that one. I played a lot of the TMNT games. Yeah, that that game was also very extremely difficult. The speeder level was brutal. That's I, I would play famously. for the, I would play through those first three levels and then I would just shut the game off because I was like, what's the point after this? Uh, it's just a, it's just memorization at that point. It's not even playing. It's yeah. just it's like Guitar Hero, like learning a song on Expert. It's just you're not playing. You're just memorizing what the muscle memory is. Yeah, and it was the first level is the most deceiving one because it's fun. And you're fighting shit, you're beating shit up, and you're like, cool. And then you go to the next level, and it's like, cool, you're climbing down this rope, down this tunnel, and it's like, oh, you're still fighting shit, you gotta dodge some things, birds will clip your thing. And then you get to the third level, and it's like the speeder level, and it's like you said, there's no fighting. It's just twitch and muscle memory and after that that's, that's like pretty much what worst, everything is that's the worst review of a game the first level of this game was very deceiving because it was fun the rest was just hard for the sake of being hard and there's like 12 levels and there's no way you're gonna make it through with like three lives and they they, they cap out yeah. your continues and if you play with two players you can hurt each other <laughs> Like you can inadvertently punch each I other. Know, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, it was it was. I was like, why play with two play with two players is a liability. You can kill each other. It's incredible. Uh, so there's a lot of hyperlinks. I'm probably not going to get to all of them. Um, but let's see here. So the Battletoads. Yeah, the power the the Battletoads have like the, the super attacks. Like if they land them. It's so like they're when I, I would know like when you would punch like their fists would get huge and punch guys or their kicks and things like that. They could uh, his kick turns it jump kick for rash turns into a, a giant axe. That's strange. Sidearm slash steel claw strike spring and stamp. Um, but they seem like brawlers to me. Like there's there's not a lot of. A lot of technique involved with with these with these guys and i mean if they could because the thing too is like the, it's it's not just like they can always pull off some of the masses but they kind of have to get a combo and their bodies are their weapons and i think they'll get some hits off but i think the ninja turtles at the end of the day a there's more of them. it's tough 
it is tough because there's more of them. They use weapons. Yeah. <laughs> compared to the battle toads, which just punch, kick. Yeah. Punch. Run. I, I I feel like there's more finesse with the Ninja Turtles. There's more obviously they were trained. They were trained by Splinter, you know, in the art of uh ninjutsu. And um, I also I also don't want to necessarily be that guy, but in the like the last Nickelodeon show of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they did survive the end of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the achievements of the Ninja Turtles <laughs> is definitely I think far exceeds I think in a in a in a street fight because they both they both have had the street fight games uh you know you just the side scroll beat em ups yeah if we're doing that if we're just doing who would win in a side scroll beat em up I, I gotta give it to the turtles they got weapons yeah even if you did a three on three I still give it to you are, know are the battle toads toad sized they would be the same size as the turtles okay okay yes yeah. I think based on their does it say how tall these guys are yeah like one of them is just a, like six foot two okay and that's like another seven think, foot I, three because they are strong yeah like they're they're like they can wob i mean those speeders they're going fast yeah they're going real fast they can hang on they don't got seat belts they're just on them yeah right so and their hand turns into giant axes and hammers and shit so yeah yeah i mean that that's I will give them that. I like. I think that they are extremely strong, or like you know, stronger than than me. I'm sure. I'm sure a battle toad <laughs> could beat up me, but that's not that's not the fight. I'm not fighting a battle toad. Four highly trained martial artists in very specific weapon classes that have taken on you know much higher threats than the battle toads have. Yeah, I, I, again, I think their experience, the Ninja Turtles' experience, what they've Very accomplished, and it's not to say that the Battletoads wouldn't get some hits off, but I, I mean, I look at it as, um, it was like, uh, what's the guy, Kimbo Slice, right? The street fighter uh, back in the day, didn't really make it in the MMA, you know? It was a guy <laughs> who was big, strong, brutal, was doing backyard fights and winning, and you go to the MMA where these are highly trained athletes you know who know mixed martial arts i i i look at th that's the comparison to me like yeah. if they land a blow it's gonna fucking hurt but yeah. these turtles also have shells man they've got extra they defense they get plus one to ac automatically out of the gate because they're well, turtles right, hold on. i'm just gonna roll for who wins the fight <laughs> uh that's not how that works i rolled a, I rolled a d20 that's not i was like i don't understand <laughs> how that's gonna work <laughs> D four, we got a D four here. Positives, negatives, <laughs> all the same. And <clears throat> it's just kind of like a joke. <laughs> like it's not like I was like, I'll let the joke play out. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's 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 the Ninja Turtles, man. The Ninja Turtles are gonna win. Um, yeah, through and through. Even if it's a straight three on three, and one of them sits out, I still think it's right. the Ninja Turtles that that it's, that beat the battle. Say Michelangelo sits out. Yeah, right, because he's too distracted yeah. anyway. <laughs> Yeah, for so, sure. So it's gonna be Ninja Turtles so for the win. Ninja Turtles for the win. There it is. There it is. That's what I'm talking about. That's what we were missing. So I don't have any of the uh, sounds this week because Justin mm -hmm. took him with him on his secret mission. 
to vacation. But I'm still able to play the theme song. You're welcome. Even though Noah couldn't hear it. That's not the point. <laughs> I couldn't hear it. Yeah, it's not the point. We're working through it all. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that that was the show. Thank you all for hanging out with us. And, and let's let's also start with some recommendations. Uh, Noah, what do you have to recommend to folks this week? Oh, I mean, season two just came out. <laughs> I'm not gonna recommend Ted Lasso. Are you kidding me? Justin's not on the show. Um, no, uh, I'm gonna recommend an Amazon show called Tales from the Loop. Ooh. Uh, it is really tight. It's kind of an anthology, kind of like an overarching story, but it's kind of, it's, you know, it's sort of a black mirror, sort of a Twilight Zone kind of thing, but it all takes place in one town, uh, and it's very high concept, very kind of just fun, fun, goofy, weird, not necessarily scary, but a little creepy, all based on, um, just art by this Swedish, Swedish, uh, artist and the producers of the show like every episode of the show they were given just a piece of this guy's art and wrote a script around it that's so is it like an anthology yeah kind of oh wow i have not heard about this at all i'm totally gonna check it's, this out it's very cool that's amazing was the first time i was on the show i i thought about it i was like that i think that's what i'm gonna recommend and then i recommended a fucking book i'm like <laughs> yeah you know it's <laughs> 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 tales from the loop i'm gonna have to check that out that's really really cool nice um i'm gonna recommend a game that i've been playing a lot lately uh it just on my own it, it, it soothes me and i'm a huge tower defense guy i love tower defense games like i'm always a sucker for them and there's one called element td and it's on in Bloom's TD. <laughs> TD6. I do have that game too, mostly for Natalie. I'm lying. I bought it before Natalie was born. Uh, but uh, I used to play it on the Flash, one of those Flash sites. Um, but it's called Element TD, and it's really good. You can get it on Steam. I think it's relatively cheap. And Is it like Bloom's Tower Defense? It's 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 really cool. You basically you know use different elements or strong against other creatures of different elements, and it's a lot of fun. It's challenging. Um, it's got some replayability, um, and I really enjoyed playing it. It's fun. Uh, yeah. You should check it out. And also, if you haven't already, uh, you should check out Back for Blood. Uh, you got the beta happening this week. So yes. August 5th through the 9th, and beta we will blood. be Back for Blood. Uh, if you like zombies, first-person shooters, uh, co-op, and multiplayer, it's going to be a good one. I'm already recommending it because I played it for, I don't know, two hours in an alpha. So there you go. Playing for many more. Many, many more. It's totally going to happen. So, and uh, next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever it comes uh, back around before it launches in October. Super excited for that. Uh, Noah, tell everyone yes. where they can find you and how they can check out your stream, sir. So uh, as far as my personal social medias go, I am at at Noah Reno everywhere. That is A-T-N-O-A-H-R-E-N-O -E on all mostly platforms. <laughs> and you can also follow Legally Not Me uh, at JJPogChamp69 on Twitter and at JJPogChamp on TikTok for goofy, funny, fun time content. For sure. I love the thing you did with uh, the unexpected TikTok you did with Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> i know that was real too i i truly was like just making a, a bit about destiny i was making a joke about how i do not like destiny 2 and i went to launch the game and on like recording 
my computer crashed the moment I clicked launch destiny. And it just was that kind of content that I, that, you know, we're all kind of trying, trying to get out here. It made my day. That absolutely made my day. <laughs> Um, and you all can find MindGap uh, at MindGap Podcast on all social medias. Uh, you can check us out uh, wherever you find your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's uh, this is the stuff Justin does, Spotify, um, <laughs> uh, uh, Good Pods, Podbean, uh, Stitcher, Pocket Casts. Uh, yeah. The, the, Apple Music. Yeah, all of them. Spotify. We're there. We're there. Go check us out. <laughs> and it would mean the world to us. If you could like, leave a review, and share. Share us around. If there's a clip, if there's a um, an episode that you like, just fire it out there in the ether. We would, it would mean the world to us. We'd really, really appreciate it. You can also check out our YouTube channel at MindGap Podcast. We post all, all of our episodes there, as well as highlights from our Twitch streams and our episodes. Uh, it's, a, it's a grand, grand time. And also, please check out 2East8th.com. Uh, Justin and Drew have some great stuff going. Uh, you know, they're always working on projects. Uh, Sid Penrose came out recently. You should absolutely go check out that video. You can find it on YouTube. But follow Two East Eighth on all social medias and see what those guys are getting themselves up to. Uh, once again, Noah, thank you so much for stepping in and hanging out. This was an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. That's what I love to hear um not paying him to say that so with that being said uh i want to say uh noah to you uh thank you and doug thank you and to our twitch chat thank you and twitch chat thank you and to our listeners thank you and listeners thank you <laughs> and you all have a dandy fucking week mind gap podcast